Welcome back to Jake Breaks and Hot Takes. Today we were going to talk to you about red flags. Apparently we still don't know what we're doing and it's going to continue to be like this forever and ever. We have information here. We don't have the source because some of our researchers don't remember to take the links down. But you'll just have to trust us that this is reputable. I mean, it's got somebody with a PhD on it, so. I can't help it. I mean, I'm the one who's doing the research. Quickly. All right, so, red flags. Let's do, I think a definition would be good. Yeah, because a lot of people don't know what a red flag really is. And then, um, that's really just, what it's describing is it's a warning signal or it's a sign or uh, something that should draw your attention to that is potentially not a good thing. No, we kind of, we got a list here. And we're just going to go down the list, kind of talk about it, give our opinions or an example in our lives. And there's no particular order on it either. Yeah. I just kind of went and grabbed. And... Ah. Well, I think this is a good one because it's general on the first one. They rush into a new relationship forward too quickly. And uh, popularly referred to as love bombing, this red flag isn't necessarily about the new partner who says, I love you too soon, or who wants to move in together after five dates. Love bombing becomes worrying when one person is trying to manipulate the other into a situation of dependency. Hmm, I wonder if we know what's that. <laughs> I, yeah, I'm really trying not to throw him under the bus straight away. Uh, you got me to deal with him. This yeah, well, I, I'm just calling him out for what it is. Yeah, and uh, well, here's a good list of things. He's, that's kind of vague, I think. But excessive compliments, spending too much time together too soon, constant gifts, Texting, emailing, calling many times a day, asking you to spend time with them rather than friends, mirroring all that your one interests. I have a hard, I, I so true those. Oh my gosh! Uh, well, when I was my ex-wife, I lost every friend I had. No idea. I didn't. Well, I didn't know what a red flag was at that point in my life. But yeah, I, I lost all my friends. The only friends I had was her. Yeah. Well, and that's kind of the thing with people who are trying to get you dependent on them. You got to limit the amount of people you're around so that. You don't have somebody in your life going, this person isn't good for you. When's the last time you've done something for yourself? Yeah, exactly. All right, so and the second one we got is um, they describe all their exes as crazy. Oh, I just I saw one that oh. kind of, it's the excessive interest in your background, life, and interest, which kind of goes back to they want to know everything about you to use it against you. Oh, yeah, that's true. That's definitely true. And but, then, uh, yeah, like I, say, I was saying, the second one is that they describe all their exes as crazy. Um, I've ran into it a couple of times, and yeah, if all your exes are crazy, it doesn't matter if they are a good person or a bad person. They're still going to be. I mean, they still call her cops and say that they you try to do something to them that they didn't want. Before you know it, you're in handcuffs and lose a job. Well, it's like you. That's you've had one isolated incident where that really did happen. Yeah. But I always say it to people I know. If every one of their exes was crazy, the problem's probably with that person and not. All of the exes. Yeah, that that I would agree. That that's chances are it's it's them, not the exes. And then um, the rude to people in the service industry. I thought it was a little weird at first, because like everyone I've ever known has always been polite to everyone in the service industry. I have known some people that were not, and I think this is just an indicator of if you treat a stranger like that, someone you've never met, how are you going to treat somebody that you know and that supposedly either looks at you fondly or you're attached to. And, um, so yeah, so I never even knew that could have been a potential red flag. Now, these red flags, though, they're, um, they're not saying they're deal breakers right away, but they're just things to look out for, and it will tell you about your partner's character as a person, too. So let's just jump on to it. I, mean, I think that one's pretty self-explanatory. Yeah, let's... Now, this is with all the online dating. I guess it's because it's so um, popular. Oh, yeah. Um, but oh, here's a little interesting tidbit about online dating. You know, seventy percent of users are men. Huh. It's funny you should mention this because I was watching. They did a thing on that AshleyMadison.com, the the whole affair thing, and that was their problem. Ninety percent of all their users were men, and I don't know if this would make sense. Same thing for Bumble, Tinder. Um, what else is there? Okay, Cupid. Um, I I don't even know that. Hinge, I think, is fish, a big one. Hinge. Yeah, and it's, but um, yeah, their dating profile doesn't match who they are. So, um, 
that's really self-explanatory. They just start out out of the gate lying. Yeah. Well, and it also kind of shows how they might curate their image because they do like uh, this one relationship coach, who's, well, it's actually a doctor in psychology, but. If your date calls himself like an avid hiker, but it turns out it only wants to walk the paved paths along the golf course, it's worth taking note just because. No, it's not any hiking. No, exactly. I could get. I would describe you as a as a uh, avid rock climber. Yeah, well, well I, mean, I know you actually go out and climb. Yeah, four and stuff. times a week. So yeah, that's exactly. That would probably be something that I want to put on my profile in case significant other is yeah. it okay with that. Other than Jesus with a beard. <laughs> <laughs> I like this next one because I think, especially for women, this is a big one that sometimes they think is normal. And that's the way they express anger makes you feel unsafe. And they even say anger is normal. And if you're in a relationship, it's pretty much guaranteed that there will be times when you want to bury your face in the nearest pillow and scream. That said, if your partner gets so angry, they punch a wall, break a household item, that they uh, have the potential to escalate these behaviors in the future. And that how do we they they got the words here but basically what they're saying is if they can't control their anger in a healthy way it's only a matter of time before they direct it at you physically oh yeah i think is really even admit to like i i used to have anger issues but i think that that's a a more of a male dominated trait well here's the thing is a lot of it more so is it's a flash of anger and then that's it it's over well and i think too especially in america because i've had this done to me that's one of the only acceptable things that men have is like you can't be upset or you can't be sad and express those in healthy ways without going off the hinges. Well, exactly. <laughs> people being like, "Why are you crying? You know, stop being a bitch. Grow up. You know, man up." You hear it. So people are completely fine with, you know, you throwing something or motherfucker. All this anger is one of those acceptable emotions, but it's there's yeah. a time and a place for it. Yeah, and uh, I think a lot of people are also taught with the whole anger thing is. Is how to control it, and I, that that was a hard thing for me because I, well, with the ADHD and with my history and whatnot from my biological family, that right there, oh, you want to see a fuse that doesn't have a fuse? <laughs> so it, it's taken a long time for me to get up to the point with my with the level of anger I have now. I'm I'm more like if I get aggravated at a game, I'm, I just I still put your chore down sometimes a little hard, but you know what? I can walk away. I'll delete the game. I am that I am that level right now. I am happy with that. Like and, and if there's any any times like like me and Pat like I we've been working on that it's like and that's just being hey let me just walk away for a few seconds and that's all it takes just to reset that switch. Well, and kind of going back, I like this next one. It seems kind of innocent, but it's a big one, and that's they don't listen to you because we've talked you about know, that it before. Translates, they don't care about you. Yeah, that's exactly what that translates into. Yep. Well, it's there you say communication is key in a relationship. And if they aren't listening to what you're saying or they want to downplay it or twist it around uh, your view not being valid, that's another thing going back yeah, to control. Right. Control, manipulation. And like, if people don't know what to look out, look out for, I mean, we have our shining example of a star. We're going to have to put a poster of him up here soon. Yeah, yeah. Because no. I didn't mention some of these terms, some of these red flags to him before, and he's like, what are you talking about? I'm like, I'm like Okay, dude, I get you into an all-boys military school, but... That's kind of like an abusive relationship, yeah. though, in a way, really. So maybe that's, you know, kind of how these guys end up in situations like that, because the military, they do all these things. You know, you got to break them down to build them up stronger. And it kind of is like a, a huge red flag. If your significant other treated you the way the U.S. military treats its recruits, that's a huge red flag. Yeah. <laughs> This next one is also pretty big that I think gets downplayed a lot, and that's they push your physical boundaries even in, quote, innocent ways. And this is a big one. Like, the the example they give, does your partner refuse to stop tickling you when you tell them to knock it off? Do they continue to touch you in seemingly innocent ways like hugs, shoulder rubs, or even repeated poking you in the arm like a sibling when you ask for personal space? And this is another example we talk about setting our boundaries a lot. Mm-hmm. And this is one where if you've told them and they're not respecting that, how far is it before, you know, they're wanting to do something else and they figure, ah, she always says no or he always says no. Yeah, this exactly. is This is actually a huge one. And it, it really does. And all these things can start out very small and innocuous. 
And yeah, most manipulators just, do that. Yeah, because then it's, it's just something that you're used to over a period of time, and then you don't realize what you've, you've gotten yourself into. Yeah, and by then they've isolated you because, you know, going back to number one, you don't need those friends. I'm here for you all the time, honey. I'm the one who really cares. Yeah. You don't need your bros. <laughs> exactly. Or the sisterhood, because, you know, those bitches, what they said really mattered, they wouldn't all be single. Hey, you know what? That's true. <laughs> I, I, I tell you, another little uh, fun part about that too is, if all their friends are married and you're the unmarried one, you'll end up being married. It, it it's a group mentality. It's a herd mentality of thinking. Oh yeah, yeah no. Um, whereas I think whereas like because that's where a lot of cheating happens is one person cheats who know they're married or whatever oh, yeah. it may be, and then well going back it, to it you know. Right, to um, Misery Loves Company. Well, I was going to say, going back to our, our, our poster boy for all these things, <laughs> that's kind of the behavior that, you know, his significant other is trying to use. It's not just me. It's all these people, too. Yeah, and, and that right there just shows, like, one, either you're, you're very weak-minded or weak-willed, or two, you just really don't give two shits. Yeah, there is something going on. Uh, another one, and this is kind of a big one, because this kind of goes to your subconscious, and it's, you're hesitant to introduce them to your friends. I think that's a major red flag because if you don't, if you're not willing to introduce your significant other to your friends, like early on in a relationship, fine, I get it. But later on down the road, a few months and whatnot, then if you're, if you're nervous about it, you should probably not be with this person. Yeah, because you know, usually if you're friends with someone, they share a lot of similar traits. Yeah. And if you're hesitant to introduce them to your friends, then you probably subconsciously are very hesitant yourself, and maybe you feel because. Going back to it, they started to isolate you, or it's like, oh, when they're great, they're great. They they treat me well and all this, at least on the surface. They don't listen to me, but they give me compliments like, oh, you are so dumb, you can't even live without me, but I love you. Which oh, you yeah, know, that's that's horrible. There's there's a lot of unpacked just from that. Stuff. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Oh, and going back to that, and if after you've introduced them to your friends, your friends don't want to spend time with them. That's a huge one, too. Yeah, there's a reason. <laughs> yeah. Your friends will tell you, especially if you have real real friends. And and that's another another subject, too, is if you you got to be able to differentiate your real friends from your fake friends. Well, and I think the biggest thing on that is real friends aren't comfortable enough in the relationship to disagree with you. Because it's very easy to constantly be affirming to people, even oh, whenever yeah. you see... I've, oh, always, yeah, I've always kind of looked at it like a um, kind of a business arrangement. And you know, you're, you're since you're like the CEO, then you have your CFO and your usual people, that ring of people. And then you have your outside ring, and then you have your like, what's your what we like your associates? Yeah, middle management flunkies. Okay, yeah, we're just calling associates. Yeah, but um, so the people you you, you want to listen to is in that first ring of people, or your real true friends. Yeah, I might be friends with other people that are far outside of my reach, or. I don't really talk to, but those are more like your associates. Yeah. But, so those are the people you don't want to listen to because, you know, they're, they don't really know you, but you have your real friends that you do, that really will know you and tell you exactly, go, hey, buddy, you might want to, you might not want to do this. Um, and uh, this is a big one on this, going back into more detail here. Love can be uh, blind. You know, that's one oh of the common sense. Yes. So if your friends aren't wild about your new partner, that could be a great reality check. Uh, this person recommends asking the people who know you best. What are you seeing in this person that's giving you pause on wanting to spend time with them or getting to know them? Be prepared. The answers might be hard to hear, but getting them ultimately is important because it's great to have an objective opinion on someone from the outside because when you're in it... And then just as a man, though, you got to be able to set that criticism as well. That, well, that's, yeah... That's not because if you're only unwilling to accept that criticism, you're not going to listen. No, no, and this is a big, a, a big part of it is being able to listen to others, being able to look look from stuff from the outside in. Well, I think people sometimes get really invested in a relationship very quickly, and it's it's like that some cost fallacy. Well, I've already spent this much time with this person, so and what it is too, they might not have ever gotten attention like coming up through high school, uh, being in their twenties. Uh, and I think a lot of women, too, get into situations like that where maybe, you know, they came from a home that put them down and everything else, and this guy's the first guy that comes along, and he compliments me, and because they're so used to the negative, they only focus on the positive parts, and they don't see, 
he's doing the same thing. He's just as abusive, just in a different way. Oh yeah. Oh, so what, um, what, what's, what's we're our up next to one? ten, and I think this oh, we're is on a, ten. Holy crap! <laughs> yeah, this is a huge one though. They put you down even in a teasing you, you just way. Use as an example too, and um, that right there, it's it's so true. And I love this first one because how many times do you hear this? I mean, there's a whole subculture of YouTube videos that are kind of like this. It was only a joke or not magical words that erase hurtful insults. It's like the prank channels. Whenever it goes too far, it's just a prank, bro. It's just oh, a yeah, prank. Yeah, yeah. No, you're getting your ass kicked. Yeah. And these are all good. Excessive sarcasm, a mean sense of humor, or jokes that regularly point out your flaws can represent a, quote, non-consensual way to leverage power in a relationship. And that's true because you're trying, you build yourself up by putting this person down. I think this is a good time to talk about there's a difference between, like you and me, we joke around a lot. Oh, yeah. But we know each other enough. The things that we make jokes about are surface level enough that they don't, yeah, they don't hurt us. Yeah, no. we just It just brushes off as something funny. We know we don't mean it. And and that's one thing. I, that's what I really like about our relationship. We can be fucking mean. If outside people saw our relationship, oh, yeah. like, how do these two like each other? Oh, yeah, but the nice the thing is... the meanest sons of bitches in the world. We both know actual sensitive issues, and we don't poke that because that isn't cool. It, it comes from a place of respect... And it's great if you're in a relationship where you can banter and all that, but just make sure that it's stuff that you both are comfortable with and they're not, in a, a, a quote, funny way, just stabbing your insecurities all the time. Yeah, and that's an easy way a, a manipulative person get around, get into that. Because I'm, just, oh, you know, we're just messing around. And it's just like, if one person is feeling com- uncomfortable about being messed around like that, then th- there's an issue. Oh, and here's a great one. There is an important difference between couples who, quote, roast each other in a consensual, fun way and a partner whose jokes make you feel bad about yourself. Like, I'll tell you this. Tabs got me out one day, and I'm, <laughs> I was funny. She uh, needed to get around me. She's like, can you move your big old belly? And I've been playing. I told her, I looked right at her. I said, you know, I'm never going to let you live this down. And it's all in fun. So anytime now I get around her, I'm like, oh, hold on. Let me move my big old <laughs> belly here. <laughs> She's like, I was only kidding. I was like, yeah, it's all fun now. Yeah. <laughs> I know I need to lose a few pounds, uh, but. <laughs> well, that's something she knew you weren't sensitive about it. It's like, a big example for uh, men would be, you know, hair loss is such a big thing in men. And, you know, if you're noticing thinning hair, you can bring it up in a good way. But if your partner's constantly taking jabs about your bald spot, that might be a sign that it, it's trending towards abuse. Oh, yeah, exactly. And, and all this is just like kind of like a little signs to look out for to where it can evolve into that. And then it should be able to act as a guide for you to whether you want to stay in that relationship. And it doesn't even have to be a relationship. It would just be a, a group of friends. You can use it for just about anything, even your parents. And, and another example for women, I don't think you should be pressuring people into cosmetic surgery. I hear this is somewhat semi-common. Really? Yeah, in relationships. I have not had to deal with that. Yeah, yeah, where boyfriends will try to pressure a girl like... Wait, are you talking about pressuring the woman? Yes. Okay, that that, that I have heard. I thought you were meaning in the... Oh, no, 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 that... But, uh, yeah, that, that I've heard, and in, in that, that if that ever happened, just, just walk away. Yeah, yeah, no, that's... Your ass is fine, your boobs are good. And that kind of stuff you only should do if you want to do. That's exactly it. Now, if you want to, I think uh, your partner should be supportive as long as you understand that there are risks associated with all that. But that's your choice. It should stay you should your choice. The day I uh, found out whenever I had two receding hairlines when yeah. I was getting my hair cut. And the lady's like, I didn't really want to tell you. I was like, I wish you didn't. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, what's wrong with you? Yeah. But they were cutting my hair just fine. It looked like this since I was 20 years old. You're going to tell me I got receding hair? I was like, what? No. That's not true. Got to start making, you know, go plans. Hair plugs in. Yeah, the William Shatner, yeah. <laughs> no, because, no, I, I don't think Irish Mr. Clean would be a good one. God, no. Yeah, well, look, you just see where they are. Well, you, I don't know. Kind but of, that's because my hair grows down like this. Yeah, you got a widow's peak, though, but that's not necessarily... Yeah, unless right. it's pushing back. Oh, no, it, come, it keeps going back. Okay. Then, so, yeah. like, when I go get my hair cut short, you'll see I'm a lot more yeah. prevalent, but whenever the hair grows out, it comes down in front of it, and I don't look like I'm getting old. You got the reverse Donald Trump come over. Yes, Instead of going back, you're going forward. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Well, speaking of that, that's just gaslighting. Like, <laughs> 
I'm really, and we'll go over this one actually a lot because this is one I think even if you aren't super into psychology, you've heard gaslighting. And I think it's one that's not necessarily always used correctly. And you want to know what else, too? I'm guilty of not using it correctly. Our poster child had no idea what the word gaslighting meant. Yeah. I, you know how much of a vocabulary lesson I had to give him in, like, the last two weeks? Well, it, it's sad because I, I know gaslighting has been around for a while, but I think we're going we're gonna to stick to the, uh, the doctors here defining it because it's yeah, actually I pretty good. Yeah, let's go with that. So gaslighting is an emotional manipulation where your partner twists reality, making you doubt your perceptions through denial. And things like this, quote, I never said that, or blaming you, you're too sensitive. Not only is it abusive, but it's also very difficult to identify. The partner waving this red flag may use the other partner's vulnerabilities against them. Going back to one, wanting to know everything about you. And, uh, let's see here. Making the gaslit partner believe that they are to blame for whatever the problem is. You see this a lot of phys- physical abuse. Where, and I'm going to say the guy, because it's usually more common for a man to yeah. physically abuse a woman. Well, will say, act, that, I wanna hit, act like that, I want to hate you. Yeah, exactly. I want to have to teach you a lesson. Right. Or like, if you would just do your job, then I wouldn't do this. So that's a big one. Um, Let's see here. This is a big one. Because gaslighting can leave you second-guessing yourself, Dr. Pedagora advises seeking the support of people who make you feel safe, like a therapist or a trusted loved one, to discuss what you're feeling and get more clarity on partner's behavior. Or I'm going to add to this, mm -hmm. and it's going to sound crazy. Reddit. Yeah, that's actually not bad in that it's an unbiased opinion, at least, and even some of the, some of the ones I've scrolled through and the stories I've listened to on her, people are very objective, and uh, especially in the, like the relationship ones or asked or asked or mm-hmm. am I the asshole ones, and then no. they neglect. Not only do they tell you the neglect reasons one, two, and three. No, usually I, I would actually say like with the uh, the am I the asshole one, those can be the best because they're they're semi comical. I feel like those people aren't super invested in a narrative. So I've seen a lot of interactions, you're right, where it turned out that people were saying, they go, no, not only are you not in this situation, this relationship isn't a good relationship. And like you say, broke it down into examples. Like this right here is textbook gaslighting. Well, like, I saw one where, um, and this got me, it was a female and her roommate was uh, a guy who said he went through you know, mechanical vocational school and all that. And she needed an oil change, and she just casually mentioned, he's like, oh, I could do that. And so she let him. She figured, okay, well, if you want to do it, because he said, oh, I'll save you the money, blah, blah, blah. And the next morning, she came in, turned her car over. Every check engine light came on. Car immediately shut off. Oh my went to the mechanic. Well, you're going to love this. And it turned out he drained her transmission fluid, and it overfilled her oil. Completely destroyed the drivetrain. So now she was asking him for money, obviously, and he's trying to gaslight her about, well, why? I was just trying to help you out. And yeah. she's like, well, you led me to believe that you, you could do you, this. Yeah, you knew what you're doing. Like, I mean, great, an oil change shouldn't be hard. Every person should know how to do an oil well, change. Well, and this is a big thing for I think you should teach your daughters, you know, change a tire, how to do their oil. And do- I don't even mean, I don't change my own tires, but I know how to do them. But uh, here, here's why. Because if you get stuck on the side of the road, the, um, the jack and strap, it's all from China. Oh, yeah. And it, last time I tried using one, I bent the tire the um, tire iron. No, oh, I know. I, I so have. I, had to wait. I didn't have a choice but to wait. But you still should have that kind of knowledge. No, and it, it's definitely, I think, important. Like, um, I like I taught Tabs how to do the oil. Oh, yeah. No. Like, he, she doesn't do the oil, but anytime I go to do it, I was like, hey, how do you do the oil? And she'll tell me. I was like, good. You, still, you know how to do it and whatnot. Yeah. No, and that's stuff like that's important because even if they don't do it, at least they'll know because women are so easily played upon at the mechanics of, oh, we replaced your blinker fluid and all these things because, you know, daddy never told them, hey, look, these are electronics. They don't run on fuel. Yeah, you know. My favorite is when I was still firefighting was we had a uh, wood magnet. <laughs> I, dude, I, you know how I many people, I even fell for the wood magnet. Oh. And now mind you, we actually had a piece of wood in our engine. It says wood magnet with a string attached. <laughs> oh, no. So when these people couldn't find it, like, what do you mean it doesn't work? I'm like, go get the wood magnet. They're like, 
what do you mean there's no such yes there is so we actually had the physical thing like well like oh you want to know how it works and we give them this whole spiel on how it works and we had this one piece of wood that we if you brought it down correctly because we put fishing line so you can't really see you're it. the copper filling. this <laughs> is what you're doing yeah, oh and we lifted it right up it's like see it works and we let them believe that for like a week or two Oh my god. Especially if we got a fire and we go, go get the wood magnet. We need to move wood. <laughs> oh. People hated us for that one, but it was funny. But there's certain rights you gotta go through, but like, but stuff like knowing how to change the oil and all that, that is something I believe everyone should know how to do. No, no, and that, that's, I, I feel like too many life skills have become gendered, where these are just things that everybody should know. You know, you probably ought to learn how to cook if you're a man, because you're going to be single at some point. Yeah, no, I, that's, oh, God, you should. I wish I knew how to cook. Yeah, exactly. But I, I, I never learned. I, I, didn't, I also didn't really have much of an interest, but I should have at least known how to do stuff. more. I, yeah, I know, I, I feel not, bad. I should not have been stopped at TV dinners. Well, I got, I was into cooking whenever I was a teenager, and then I stopped doing it, and I, the confidence level stayed, because, you know, I'm like, oh, yeah, I, I could make this before. And I tried to cook something the other day. I'm like, how long before you flip a burger patty again? I was having to Google this shit. Like, thickness. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I'm just sitting there going, okay, this this definitely is a skill that you need to practice. This is You, you <laughs> need to worry, cook I, regularly. Oh, yeah, especially when it comes down to your meats. Because everything, I mean, there is a bit of a clock to go by, but most of it's just, you eyeball it. <laughs> Okay, moving on, because you're right, you really did do some research. There is a lot of stuff and yeah, a summary. Welcome. And uh, next one, I think this is kind of self-explanatory. They're prejudiced. You know, if, you have, if you're dating someone that expresses, you know, overtly racist, sexist, homophobic, transphobic views, this can be a big red flag to abusive behaviors, because, you know, if they'll marginalize a whole group of people... Yeah. And, and the thing is, like, a lot of people, uh, I'm going to kind of add on, maybe disagree with you a little bit, is that everyone's that, that way, at least to some extent. And that and that's just because of how society is in the light of days. I mean, look at them. Growing up, you had the Pakis, you had the Italians. Like, you know an Italian, because you can tell by their big nose, you know they're Italian. We do love our casual racism in this country. It's, uh... But yeah, I mean, we can describe a group of people very easily. Like, just go watch um, uh, the Rescue Me, uh, what was it? Um, sensibility. Uh, sensitivity sensitivity training. training. Oh, yeah. No. I, it's unfortunate. They, yeah, they, they, I think we hit every single... I think the, the um, Puerto Rican guy was more pissed that there wasn't enough slurs what, yeah, for him yeah. compared to the black guy. What, what always gets me on sensitivity training... Is instead of trying to talk to people and be like, "Hey, that that's not cool." Sensitivity training is weirdly racist in itself oh because it introduces more vocabulary. So you suddenly go, "I never knew these were other stereotypes." Yeah, I didn't know zipper head existed. Yeah. No, and it's terrible because yeah, it, I feel like it in a weird way reinforces bad behavior. Like if you're a bad person, it's not going to make you less bad. It's just going to give you more ammunition. Oh god, yeah, but I mean, what I'm saying is, it does exist in in all forms from everyone. Even to a little bit uh, tiny extent, it doesn't necessarily make. I don't think it makes you a racist or a sexist or anything like that. But it, it's just a culture of what people have been around. But there's also identifying factors about yourself. You no. Oh, he has a big nose. I know the guy's probably Italian. He has a big nose and he's full of hair. He's definitely Greek Italian. Oh my god! All right, let's just <laughs> the next one. Wait, let's look see. At, no, seriously, look at Mario. Look at Mario. <laughs> oh, God. Okay? Mario's literally a Japanese stereotype of Italians. He still has a big nose. I, look at the picture. I, this is a good one. Number 13. They respond poorly when you take time away from them. You, We've all been in that fluttery stage of a relationship where spending every moment together feels like you're living inside the crazy in love music video. Oh, God, that's a honeymoon period. Oh, yes. Exactly. And that's even those, but what happens when that fades? Dr. Sinagari notes that spending too much time with your partner can make you lose your sense of self and your support system. And this is a big one. Taking space for yourself in a relationship is healthy. And is paying attention to how your partner responds when you do. If they pout or guilt trip you or get angry, Dr. Sinagari says, these behaviors could represent an inability to manage discomfort or point to possessiveness, which that one's a huge one in a relationship. Possessiveness is really bad. That's a huge controlling behavior. Oh, God, yeah. And if you like are... You're mine, you're no one else's. 
Yeah, and if they aren't secure enough to let you go out with your friends, friends are calling you and telling yeah. you that you're are and telling you that you're pussy whipped, you might want to look at that in a different direction. Oh yeah, that's not that's not necessarily no. A good thing. If your man doesn't let you leave the house without video surveillance or you having to send text messages, you still with your girls? There are no men around. I'm at a, a Hooters eating. There are a lot of men in Hooters. Yeah, but I don't think they're here for me. I don't think they're here for me. These are, are situations that are unfortunately common, and I feel like in a lot of relationships that aren't necessarily a healthy dynamic. No, no, not at all. Like, um, like Tabs knows like my views like with like strip clubs and whatnot, and um, her sister, for her bachelorette party, one of her friends is taking her to a strip club, and she actually asked me, she's like, "Are you okay with me going to a strip club?" I said, "I looked at her and said, I'm going, yes." But it's, you need to watch out for your sister. I trust you, but I don't know what's going to happen with your sister. <laughs> but then again, I don't know her sister well. I mean, her sister isn't, I, as far as I know, isn't that kind of person. But I don't want her sister to end up in a situation. What's well, an environment she, she doesn't out. really understand? Because I think she's She's very really naive. Yes. From exactly. my understanding. Right. And that's why it's it's always good. And I, I just got done talk, telling Tabs, talking to Tabs about it. I was like, look, if you run into any issues when you really go out with her... Call me. I'll be there immediately. I'll, I'll take care of whatever needs to be I taken I think a care good of. example of a healthy version of this is like, all you guys have iPhones. You share your location with her. Yep. She knows this. This isn't a, a hidden thing. You know where she well, is. Well, the only whole reason we got to share our locations with with each I other, she got she she gets lost in Pittsburgh. So I called her. She goes, I'm lost. I'm like, okay, where are you in Pittsburgh? Where at in Pittsburgh? I don't know. Like, okay, what's right? I don't know. Are you in an alley? <laughs> Which, you know, if you've never been to Pittsburgh, being in an alley is a is a very strong chance if you've taken Usually a it's trip. a street. Yes. <laughs> we, we don't talk about what you people call streets here. Because, no, that... that so, I at the time, though, I told her, I was like, you know what, just share your location. As soon as she did, I saw, I was like, oh, you just need to go down the street, go keep going straight, go two lights, make a right... Um, make another right, you'll be right back on 376. You're good. Straight shot home, go across Fort Pitt Bridge up the hill. This is a big one. They rely on you as their sole support for serious mental health issues or past traumas. <sighs> yeah. Folks, it is not your problem to be their therapist. No, no. and uh, You can help. You cannot be their therapist. No. And I really like how they present this. And uh, it's not... That people with trauma can't have great relationships. They absolutely can, Dr. Sinagari notes. The same goes for people with mental illness. And to be clear, it's not that people with trauma or mental health issues can only have wonderful relationships when they're completely, quote, healed or some other similar and potentially unattainable benchmark. I'm going to add my own two cents here. That is 100% true, but if you know you have a problem and you aren't actively seeking help for it, then it does become your problem. Because I want to separate mental illness is not an indicator of you as a person or your self-worth or value. But if you know you have an issue and you're actively not trying to get help and you're avoiding it, then it does start to become a problem because you know you need help and you cannot rely on someone who does not have that, that toolkit to help you. Yeah, and like, I'm lucky enough I... I don't have a big interest in psychology. I think it's a, a fun thing to explore, but the only reason I learned I've learned so much about it is because of uh, my ex-wife and with her being just a grade A level psychopath. Yeah. Um, post borderline personality disorder, and you looked at one up. You're gonna need a whole two books just for that. Oh, that it's a uh, it's, it's it's a lot. It's vicious. I do like they do give some suggestions here if you are the one with uh, mental health problems, and also. How you can help someone with them. A big one is this. Are they self-aware about how their trauma or mental health issues affect themselves and others? That's a big one. Are they receiving some kind of support or otherwise trying to heal? Seeking this kind of help can look like going to therapy, attending support groups, progressing through mental health workbooks, or even forging strong friendships outside of your relationship. That's another one. You should not be their sole point of contact. It's very important for them all my friends know what my problems are, 
And I ask them to make sure that they notice me behaving in a certain way or if I'm seeming to be unstable yeah, like, to let I'm, me know. Like today, if you uh, weren't going to make it in today, I would be like, yeah, man, what the hell's going on? Because yeah. you missed twice in a row. And that's not like you. I know the one day you, you slept, but I was like, to me, that's a, war, that's a, a quick warning sign going, hey, you know what? Rich yeah. is trying to, might be falling off the path here. I'm going to go kick him in the balls. No, and it's serious for me. I find a structure and routine to be very important for me feeling normal and good about myself. So I even, that's my big red flag. If I start breaking routines, like, you know, I do online games with some of my friends. I go rock climbing at least three times a week. I try to do this with Zach twice a month. If I start moving where I'm not doing that or I feel like I'm shutting down, that's a big indicator for me that I need to make sure that I'm doubling down on what I need to be doing. Oh, this is going to be one of my favorite ones right here coming up. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's that's going to be good because this could this is a red flag in both directions. Oh, yeah. But uh, let me just, I want to skim through this. And no, I but think that's... I think everyone should have a good, good network and I think there's a lot of mistrust in people and I've heard this before with therapists is even though, yeah, you're above the age of 18, say, but, oh, my therapist is going to get me locked away. And yeah. that can't... A lot of people don't understand that's not, not unless you're like, you're right there jumping off out of their yeah, office. Yeah, no, there are the very floor. few states that can force a mental health stay. Yeah, and that's a lot of, I think you know, one big thing is people don't understand is that they can't force you to do anything you don't want to do. I do like this. Now, this is for and, the other. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm going to interrupt you oh, one more time. Sure. When you first get to your therapist, treat it like an interview. You're hiring them for a job. If that if they don't fit for what you need, Find somebody else. Yeah, and don't be afraid to. That's true. Your personalities have to jive at some level as far as you should feel comfortable with this person and feel like the advice that they're giving you is helping you move forward in the direction you want to be. Yeah. I'm I, just I know if I wanna if I go into therapy and whatnot, I wanna like I know for a fact I want my therapist like you, you're being a dumbass. And just fucking crack me in the head with a roller or something. Well, no, and you you are not one for nuance. So someone more direct is definitely going to be better than someone who tries to to dance around it or yeah. get you to come to a conclusion. I'm just going to book in it with this because this is important. Dr. Sinigari emphasizes that it's important to ask yourself about what you want the relationship to go. And if you have the energy, patience, and strong foundation to actively work through these issues together. Remember that it's not your sole responsibility to do so, and that if you or your partner's or if you or your partner's only support, it's likely going to make the relationship very, very difficult. Oh and God, yeah. Now this that, one's very true. I mean, that, that one is pretty soft. Yeah, that one got a little heavy. This one's a little lighter. I, I think. Yeah, I like this one because like they're at a very different stage in life, and um, you see this a lot. I think with the. We'll just use ages for example. Is a person who's eighteen is going to be a very f- far different place than a person say who's thirty. Yeah, and I always it's a big reflect to me when I see a guy who's let's say forty dating like an eighteen year old because you're wondering it, you mentally never move past that. Yeah, because I mean right there you're already because what they're I think it's called now is grooming. Yeah. It, it's definitely very borderline to it. And yes, well, it, just because they're an adult doesn't mean you should necessarily date well, someone no. who's just an adult. I'm in my mid twenties, and I I would not go anywhere near an eighteen year old. I follow the five year old. Yeah, I'm one of these people. You have to be paying for your bills. Hey, babies. Thank, Thank you. you. You going out shopping? Have a good one, babies. But um, anyways, um, wow, we'll have to edit that part out. Yeah. Uh, that big uh stop spot. Um, anyways, but yeah, no, with the um, with this different stages left, and sometimes like I follow, I try to follow a five year rule. I I myself, I like, I know I like a younger woman, mainly like, because I'm, I'm just fucking old and I'm I'm. People, guys, I don't know. I just, I don't want to. I people who are older than me in that five year mark, usually they already have a kid. They're a single mother, and that in itself could be considered a red flag. And it really depends on the circumstances. It really does. I mean, I know I've dated people who had had kids, and 
obviously it's never last. No, it, it's it's a mixed bag. It, yeah, it, it's it's more of a friends with benefits, hit it and quit it kind of deal. But for a relationship, it's very unstable. And it's not like the fact that she has a kid and then she's made the kid the first priority. You've you got to understand why and how the kid came to be. Yeah. And... Because if it came from a really shit environment, it, it's not going to get any better unless she's definitely gone some through some heavy yes. self-improvement. Yes, though the the environment that went to that decision needs to to change for the just the child itself, and that's that's a whole thing to unpack. And yeah, no, definitely it, it's not a red flag in and of itself, but that on top of other things, yeah, it, you, it's definitely something to look out for. Yeah, it starts to fit a pattern. We'll yeah, say. exactly. And then like also too is um uh, I'll use it financials. Because the older you get, the more, I think, the more financially responsible you, you become. I mean, I've really fallen in that path of, like, saving money and, and whatnot. Now, the younger you are, you're like, fuck this. We're just going to blow money not, on blow and hookers and I will not date party. anybody who does not pay all their own bills and has a house payment or something of the like and meets it. If she's got bad credit or he's got bad credit... Don't do it. My dad was like that. Ruined my mother's perfect credit. She's still bitter about it. Oh, God, yeah. That, God. All right, um, I think we kind of hit that one pretty well. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, all right, let's, yeah, let's jump over to this one. Um, They need constant reassurance. And this kind of can interplay in with the, the serious mental health issues and past traumas. If they constantly need to be validated, that isn't your job. You should never have to be that person's self-esteem. Yeah, exactly. And um, that's something me and Taz... I, I keep using Taz as, as an example, but, but me and... Taz has her own call phone, and she has her own self-esteem, and she's in very well control of that. I mean, she comes to me and like, hey, do I look good in this? Hell yeah, you look fucking good in it. And uh, that's, that's one thing I like, but I'm like, I don't give her self-esteem. I showed her a way forward to gain confidence for herself and try to help with her helped her with that well, and in a lot of cases from what I it sounds like to me she may have had self-image issues so it's more just trying to get her to see herself in a favorable light or at least a realistic light oh yeah and uh, I think that also comes from a um, probably from a, her ex though it's just of a, of a pattern of abuse and whatnot. a lot of gaslighting oh god yeah that, that guy is fucking oh yeah but uh, I like uh, Dr. Sitagari is on this. She explains that a partner who needs constant reassurance puts a lot of pressure on you and your relationship and that issues of confidence or codependency are not problems you'll be able to solve for your partner. Again, it makes all the difference if your partner wants to grow and do the hard work to build their self or their sense of self-worth, whether on their own and with your love and encouragement, with a therapist or some other form of support, it's not... You can't put a Band-Aid on a bullet hole, people. It, no, no. And and that's one thing I think a lot of people don't realize. Even young men is they don't know how to make their own self-worth and how to build themselves up. A lot of, Some people get it and they become very successful, but it's that self-worth is really discovering it in with yourself and really understanding it as early as you can. Well, and I think a lot of problem with men right now, and you see this with the manosphere, is... Instead of tying your self-worth intrinsically to things that you represent or things that make you happy, you tie your self-worth to external factors. How many women am I able to sleep with? How many cars do I have? This very materialistic view that yeah, can make you feel very bad. And that's presented as, too, as a, uh, oh, I have all these materialistic things, I must be successful, I'm the man, mm -hmm. and it just inflates the ego, and, and that's a whole... An ego, that's yeah. going to be a whole other uh, chapter that's, for us. That's definitely one that, yeah, we'll have to... But, um, yeah, so we'll use another episode of um, definitely go on about the male ego, and uh, that's definitely, I think, a very good thing. Oh, yeah. But um, that's pretty much, what is that, 16 of them? Yeah, we got kind of, we'll... Um, oh, there is some points I'd like to hit. Oh, we're already at the... We're going to keep going. Okay, yeah. So, uh, in a relationship, this is just kind of a recap. Isolation. In a healthy relationship, your partner would encourage you to pursue your own interests, goals, and dreams. They would make time for their own friends and family while also giving you the space to maintain connections with your people. Should never try to shrink your sphere of people. Should never try to make you feel bad about spending time with your friends. That's an important relationship in and of itself. Uh, 
another big one. All right, there we Pardon go. Pardon our interruption. We had yeah. to take a quick break. Um, so, Rich, you were saying though about uh, a couple of things here for a minute. Yeah, we're wrapping things up, but I just wanted to touch on a couple of things because a big one, we, we kind of mentioned it before on domestic violence. They do cite, according to the CDC, as many as 41% of women and 26% of men experience one or more types of intimate partner violence throughout their lives. This can include stalking and refusing to take no for an answer, uh, additional forms of psychological aggression, dishonesty. Your partner frequently lies about who they're texting or where they're at when you ask them. Things like this. Sometimes harmless white lies might be told to save someone's feelings or to make yourself look great on the first date, though there are often better ways to handle the situation. That's yeah, a big one. Lie. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> And kind of expanding on uh, blurred boundaries, it isn't just physical or emotional, uh, it can also be financial. Your money is your own and shouldn't be dictated by your partner unless both of you agree that it's easier to have one partner manage the money. Budgets and large financial decisions should be made together. Oh, God, yeah. This and creates a, About that first part yeah. you were saying is, I made a mistake the first time is I got a joint account with my, uh, with my ex-wife and when we started going through divorce and all that, I had about... I had enough money in there to cover my car payment. She went and took that money. Mm -hmm. I missed my car payment. And um, then I had to go and fight her to get it back. And she's like, well, it's my money because it's our account. I can do whatever I want with it. Yeah, another one of my friends, they had a good idea. Because they had separate finances for everything. They were legally married. And but they had, had one, one joint account. account. Yep, mm -hmm. for they knew exactly that it. they each needed to put $1,000 in their account for living and expenses. And all mortgage. bills and all yep. that. And that, uh, that's what split it straight down the middle. Exactly. And if, uh, like, they found out that they both could save $400 a month, they got a refund on mortgage. And what they did is, so now then, instead of putting 1000 in there, we each put 600 and we're good. I think that's a really good way to do it because it takes the pressure off. Oh, your God, yeah. And I, I'm a firm believer anymore is that what is mine is mine and what is yours is yours. Yeah, you should never feel... And what we need to work together on, we'll work together on. Yeah. And, um, all right, what was the other part of to us? The last one, and they have this because this is a big co-depend or comorbidity with uh, trauma and mental problems, is excessive alcohol usage. Study after study has linked overconsumption of alcohol to gender-based violence. Now, we're not saying every alcohol user is an abuser. That's definitely not true. But if someone can't control their alcohol usage, it's likely they can't control other things in their life, including their emotions. This is also a big sign of possible mental health problems and self-medication. Well, there was us. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So that's a big one. Other than that, I, I feel like... Um, I even <laughs> told my brother this. Is that I wish I would have um, had a better group of friends. Um, I was closer with a lot of people whenever I was going through my two-year bender. Because if someone told me, said, hey, you know what, just come to the gym instead of drinking with me. And just kept pushing me on that or just do something different than other than just drink. I would have been, I would be in a far better place. And this one, this has kind of been a, a longer episode, but I'm just going to, they list kind of tent poles of what relationships should be about. And I think we'll just end it with this. Going at your own, at a comfortable pace. Nobody should be pressuring you to do something you don't want to do in a relationship. Building trust. Being honest, having independence from each other. You are two whole people outside of the relationship. You should never think of yourself as one half of a whole. You are two people who enjoy yeah, being around exactly. each other. And you still gotta have your own life. And that way, like, you guys still gives you something to talk about, still have something in common, you tell each other about your day. Not like, oh, I've been home, all I did was scrub dishes and sleep. Yeah. Yeah, I'm recovering from the last beating you gave me. Yeah. <laughs> Valuing each other's beliefs. Feeling balanced. Being caring and compassionate. This is a huge one. Taking responsibility. Oh, gosh. If someone can't admit that they were wrong and truly apologize, that's a symptom of a whole wide... And it's a hard thing to do at times, too. Oh, yeah. It could be for simple shit. And um, I, I, I'll admit I do have that problem sometimes, but you know what you guys... You gotta oh, do it though. Uh, I have I have been in situations, not even romantic relationships, where I was convinced, I I was convinced I was right, and you have that uh, crap moment when you 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 see it, you know you were wrong, you've been railing on this person for the last fifteen minutes because you knew you were right. That's what you just kidding. Like you know what? Yep, yep, I'm done. Yep, you got it. Yep, yep. And having to look at that other, and thankfully my friends, for the most part, 
excluding Zach, are big enough people that they just accept it without reminding you for the rest of the day about your own incompetence and making you feel bad. No, we don't do that to one another. No. <laughs> uh, this is a big one. Having healthy conflict, you should be able to talk out your problems without people getting excessively angry or threatening physical violence. Yeah, be able to walk away and come back to it. Yep, definitely. And the, the last one, this is huge, having fun. That's why we're in relationships. All your relationships should be fun. Yeah, if you're not having fun, then like maybe there you got some stressful shit going on, but you still have to have fun somewhere in there. Because shit can get real bad sometimes. But oh, yeah. if you're on a really in a really good relationship and, and you guys are all just keep using having fun and are good with each other, you'll make it through. Oh yeah, it well, just sucks for a little bit, you, but then it gets better. In a relationship, you should be able to lean on that other person when it gets bad, and they should feel comfortable leaning on you. If there's a one-sided power dynamic where you're giving them all your affection and attention and they are never giving you anything when you have problems, that's a huge one. But I, I think we covered a lot of ground here. This was uh, the let's, first... Uh, let's uh, yeah. pop off on this last one too real quick because uh, we got a couple minutes. How are some things you do to start... What what are some things you do to, when you start seeing these red flags? Um, one is just know what your limits are because some red flags are acceptable. It, it, it's not every red flag is a deal breaker, and I hate yeah. when people do that. Oh, and like you're never gonna find them. Everyone has red flags. Two people they they consider a lot of things red flags, like you know, chewing with your mouth open. It's not really a red flag. No, it's just it's, annoying. That's exactly right, but it shouldn't be a deal breaker. Uh, snorting when people laugh—that that's one of those things that you know. Like it happens. Yeah, but it's funny. <laughs> yeah, no red flags. In the the psychological definition, really are did they take your credit card during the first week and put a bunch of expenses on it, and then that's it's your fault? Yeah, that's exactly right. That's a red flag. That's also a felony charge. <laughs> yeah, then analyze and assess. Uh, you you feel true uh, admiration and respect of the relationship. Um, I'll, I'll build on that a little bit with two is um, you got to be able to look at yourself and remove yourself. And um, there's this term I think it's called uh, um, astro imaging, and um, that's what you gotta do with yourself. Literally separate yourself and look at yourself in a black and white yes or no kind of way. Well, we're gonna do an episode on self esteem because I feel like your image, your self image, and your self esteem factor in hugely in relationships that you think are acceptable. If you don't think you're a good person and you don't love yourself, you're not gonna be in healthy relationships because you're not gonna attract people. Who are stable that love themselves. Yeah, and then uh, what else we have on here? Um, choose people who show positive traits early on, which it does say a lot about the person because they're not wallowing in their own shit. No, you probably don't want to uh, date the guy who started bum fighting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then what else? Um, Always yeah, trust your gut. That's kind of. Yeah, just, that's self explanatory. I like this one though. On don't be afraid to ghost them if it's not safe to express your feelings or exit the relationship. This is a big one on in, in abuse. If it's becoming a pattern, leave. Try to find an extra strategy, but don't be afraid to just leave. Yeah, and even if you're just, like, met the person one time, two times, or a few times, whatever it is, and you, you see these patterns of behavior, don't be, just walk away. Yep. There's nothing wrong with walking away. You do not owe this person anything. Yeah, and I think that's a lot of people also have an issue with that. Oh, I know this person, now I'm invested. You're not invested. You don't know the person. No. But, um, yeah, I think that's a good place that we uh, we can leave off on for now. And um, yep. until then, um, everyone keep having fun and um, as in taking responsibility. I was right. Peace. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs>